It's 9-11, and this is the first episode of Flexing on Them. I'm DP. And Scotty here. And we're going to talk about a few things in fantasy football. We, we've been doing this for years, man, like over a decade, and we finally decided, you know, to do a podcast. So, first things first, is 2020 is COVID year, so if you win a championship, is it ashes next to your name? <laughs> I mean, you won it, but you, you might get the asterisk regardless, you know, because I think some wild things going to happen on the field and off the field possibly during this year so a win is a win but nobody gonna forget this year you're right a win a win is a win but like there's a lot of players that's like damian williams he out and that's just the start you might have more players that end up opting out mid-season say you got like a drew Brees or a lamar jackson and they say one of my family members sick and i need to like at least show them that that respect that like is bigger than the game but the possibilities are endless when it comes to COVID, I'd say, but I don't think they're, that the league would let that happen. Not to none of their premier stars. Um, the NFL check checkbook is just uh, too hefty, man. They'll, they'll pay you off for that. You know, Grandma will be fine. You got you got to play on Sunday. Nobody would have thought that Damian Williams would have would have sat out. Like after coming off of a, a Super Bowl victory, you gonna sit out? It's people that had him in the keeper league. I think that got a lot to do with it, though. What winning? I feel like. If, if the Chiefs hadn't won the Super Bowl, a marginal player, because that's kind of really what he is, you know, he was good. He was he was impactful, but mm. definitely not a star, not a top-tier player. I don't think he, he feels the same way if they're not coming off that Super Bowl victory, okay. grabbing some of those extra bonuses and, and all of that kind of stuff. True, true. And got the rookie. Yeah, Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Something, something amazing, man. Look, well, know. Clyde Edwards Hilaire at LSU already showed what he was about. To be that that early of a pick, we already knew Andy Reid was going to put him in. Well, so yeah. Damian Williams might have saw that and said, you know what, let me go and stay home so I don't get embarrassed. I mean, man, but do you just give it away? You're supposed to at least get, put up a fight, you know? I'm not just going to get that young man my job. You You're know? right. You're Let right. him take it at least. You're right. Well, now that he's here, we watched him last night. Over 100 yards, touchdown, almost two touchdowns, making Patty take a back seat to his show. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to do nothing but make the Chiefs offense more dangerous. Right. You know, because they actually got a legit runner mm. that they could probably get a ball to 15 to 20 times if he needs that. You know, especially looking last night, he might not even need that. What do you feel about the the rookie hype? Because I mean, we we talk we're talking about Clyde Edwards-Helaire, but we got Cam Akers out there, you know, rookie running back, uh, Zach Moss, Antonio Gibson uh, of the Washington Football Team. I mean, there's is a lot of rookies out there that can make some fantasy splashes. So who's your rookie sleeper? We got Clyde out the way, and for the Thursday night game, he showed what he can do. But on Sunday, who's a rookie running back, or even not even just a running back, just a rookie that you're looking forward so, to seeing? I call them the Bama Boys. And uh, I'm not even an Alabama fan, but Henry Ruggs and, and Jerry Judy, man. Yeah, they some studs, man. Okay, so that so with Drew Locke throwing it to Judy, is that really gonna make a splash? I mean, honestly, in the fantasy world, I know that the quarterback situation isn't the greatest. Even in Las Vegas, it's still not with Derek Carr there. But I think at the wide receiver position, sometimes talent can kind of overcome, you know, the rest of your offense. You know, because that ball's in the air. Mm. As long as the ball is coming, you mm. know, you got an opportunity to make a play. So I see the two of them really kind of putting a stamp on this season. As a rookie wide receiver, you can come in and you might can be an A.J. Brown, 
but you also you might be a Corey Davis and that's the thing like there's a lot of hype that go around a fast wide receiver or a wide receiver that come from you know a polished organization as an Alabama or a Clemson but it's not always guaranteed that speed is going to translate to like a, a quality wide receiver that you can depend on week in week out Agreed. I mean, a lot of people got hurt putting Miko Hartman in their in their lineup yesterday, thinking that all right after his rookie season that this speed we're gonna be able to do something with the speed, and it don't always translate. So hopefully, what you're saying with Henry Ruggs See, that it paying off. them, it's not just about speed. Oh yeah, they they're they are hands complete. I, I understand. They they have well-rounded games, and and they've been tested. They did it on the biggest stage in college. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like they have an opportunity to really make their mark, you know, mm. and you know what? I think our opinions are still kind of based in what we're used to, right. what we've grown on, what we've learned all these years and the, the league is changing, mm. you know, it's definitely a predominantly aerial attack league and the opportunities are going to be there. I think that is the difference between you know, the game now for like a, a rookie wide out compared to five, ten years ago where not only do you got to be on the field and actually get those snaps, but you still needed to have the opportunities and, and, and the ball actually thrown to you. That's not a problem now. Yeah, not, a, not at all. You're right. And coming in as a rookie, in a lot of situations, you can come in and get that one spot. We already know Ruggs going to be the one, but Judy can end up being the one. Sutton, Sutton just went down. Shoulder injury. Exactly. AC joint. Sprain AC joint. And even in Denver, that could be like a, a baby Atlanta Falcons type situation because Cortland Sutton, he not going to really separate himself too much from Judy where Judy can't maybe be 1A in another year or two. So how you I tell you what he better not miss that miss too much time. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Because the youngsters be ready for it. How about CD Lamb of the, of the Cowboys? You know I'm a Cowboys fan, so I had that. You know, okay. throw, throw you're CD, a Cowboys you know, fan. My youngster. I'm an Eagles fan. Okay, so that you matched the, my CD with with Rieger. That was the punch in the gut of the draft mm-hmm. because all off season and all leading up to the draft, all we talked about was getting CD Lamb. Right. And how we needed speed and replacing or not necessarily replacing but starting to work in and bring in D Jax's replacement eventually mm. and also trying to get a premier wide out young wide out right. to groom and grow with Carson Wentz. Mm. So you want to see it? Oh man, we well, it's put it like this, we're going to be we're going to be watching them all year. Mm. And the same thing the same thing happened to us last season with um uh, with DK Metcalf yeah, it's a player that like when you miss him, we you didn't watch get him. him. But not only did we have to watch him, he basically ended our season last year yeah, in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, he did. So CD Lamb definitely has the opportunity to kind of be that same type of pariah for us. Mm. Hopefully, it doesn't come to fruition. Everybody know about you know CD Lamb. Few people know about Rieger, you know. But I like Van Jefferson Jr. out of okay. Florida. You know, the the Rams, they draft them, and Josh Reynolds was supposed to be the slot. He had a great camp, and he moved into that. I think he won't be the three this year for them. For it, yeah. Battling, and I like him. His route running, I was watching in camp. You know, they got the Rams and the Chargers and the Hard Knocks. 
and he the talk of the town right now. I know that can be a wash sometimes. You you see camp and then fantasy players don't pan out. But I think that's the wide receiver that you know I'm looking for, and I think that he might be a sleeper this year. Also, uh, Joshua Kelly, that's running back. I was about to say. Yes, from UCLA. Right yeah, you, we, was, we was right on it. <laughs> Joshua Kelly, he's he's my sleeper this year. I know Austin Eckler got it locked down, and I know you know Justin Jackson got potential. But man, talent, Jackson, talent is bumped. talent. Talent is talent. Jackson is getting bumped, unfortunately, and I mean. Eckler, I don't think, is totally in every down back, so he's always going to need somebody to kind of compliment him. Hopefully he stays healthy, knock on wood, for y'all owners out there. Definitely. But um, I think Kelly's definitely going to get phased in, especially with this probably more of a dink and dunk, ball control type offense with, with Tyrod mm-hmm. behind him. So, yeah, Kelly, I like that. was it. That was a, that was a good pull because I was going there next. You brought up uh, Tyrod Taylor, and I'm glad you brought him up. Because a lot of times people play in maybe a a 10-team or a 12-team standard league, and Tyrod Taylor, he might not be on on the radar. You know, you go for the Big Benz, Dak, you know, obviously Patty Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. But if you're in a super flex and you got a two-quarterback, you know, league, Tyrod is not a a bad option to have as a flyer. You getting yards as far as you know he's going to go to Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. He got big-time receivers. And then on the ground, he's still going to move around. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be, you know, the second coming of Deshaun Watson. You know what you're going to get. He's been in the league for a while. But as far as a super flex situation, you waited too long to get a quarterback the way I did, you could do worse. You could do worse. Who would you rather have, Tyrod Teller or Dwayne Haskins as your, oh, your option? Haskins should never be an option. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So we get that out the way. All right. Sleep deep sleeper slash I'm in an emergency. I, I had an injury, right? Tyrod is definitely on that list if we're talking quarterbacks. Okay. All right. Here's my other three that I had. One, all right. I, I, at first, I wanted to end it with Cam, but I, I changed my mind. I think I'm going to start with Cam because I feel like he's still in the forefront of a lot of people's mind. He's always been a fan favorite. A lot of us kind of grew up watching him whether it was through Auburn and coming in at MVP Cam he, he put his stamp on the league he did so it's, I think it's safe to say we're all still rooting for Cam mm-hmm. and I also want to say this you never want to bet against a black man that feels oh. that he's been wrong talk that talk or doesn't feel appreciated or feel what that, say? that he's been I'm not an antelope I'm not an antelope I'm a lion <laughs> so so Cam should be on your deep sleeper slash emergency list. Or if you need to make a trade, I think this is all a part of the same conversation of people that you could target that are not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. So Cam should be on your top of your list. The next person that I had on there for quarterbacks was my man, OG Phillip Rivers. Okay. I'm glad you brought Uncle Phil up. All right. He's in a new system. Whole you know, situation. I mean, well, if you was if you fell asleep at the wheel, you might think Uncle Phil is still with the Chargers, but he's not. He's with the Colts. He he's starting. They got Jacoby Brissett as the backup now. So he his wideouts there. He got T. Y. Hilton. He got Paris Campbell. Yes. He got the rookie Michael Pittman, and obviously he got two stud running backs with him, Jonathan Teller and Marlon Mack, the veteran. And got good tight ends too. Oh Doyle, yeah, Doyle, Doyle is a good sleeper. Too. Ebron's not there no more, yeah. so they got Doyle. Yeah. Who's the other option? 
don't know. I'm blanking right now on the, on the back. Okay. But, I know but yeah, Doyle is solid. Doyle's a threat. It's one of those, in the fantasy world, Doyle's probably not on your radar, but if you didn't have a tight end or your tight end is on a bye and you had to throw him in there, you can plug and play him easily on matchups because Phil's going to go to his tight end. I mean, I think the people that's going in, in Indianapolis that's going to benefit most from Phil being there are those running backs and the tight end. Ali Cox. Is the two. He's actually okay. getting some reps at the one. Okay. Pause on the cops. But yeah, so Phil, definitely. And I feel like Phil has a lot to prove because, you know, he never really amounted to what he was supposed to be in San Diego. Right. So if this is his last hurrah, he got about two, maybe three years left, I feel like Phil's definitely going to pro- try to put his best foot forward. And it, like you said, they got a strong running game. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, if he calms it down, at least with some of the riskier throws and go more to a ball control style offense, I feel like he could definitely have high success. I think this is a prove it to me episode. It's a prove it to me season, but you brought up Cam. He got something to prove. Yeah. Phil, he got something to prove. But how about Tom Terrific in Tampa Bay? Heaven, even with Tom is being drafted way higher than he's supposed to. He be. is. He but is for for good reason though. Over under forty two yards, set. Oh, uh, wow. Over I'm under forty two thousand. I'm gonna go under. Okay. I'll give him. I'll give him in that. 38 to 3900 range. Okay. I said 42 over under because, you know, old man 43. That's right. So that's I had right. to throw that out there. That's a good one uh, to use. All right. So I'll, I'll over, under, under. over under 40 touchdowns for Tom Terrific. I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to go under. That's fair. I think he'll be in the low to mid 30s. What uh, you saying that, that lets me know that you trust in Leonard Fournette. Well, or RJ. I like Arians as a coach. Okay. And I think that. And it, like if if his goal is for them to have postseason potential, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Super Bowl aspiration. Maybe right. they do personally, but mm-hmm. just on a realistic, you know, note, if they're trying to make the postseason, mm-hmm. I think I definitely see him doing everything that he can okay. to preserve time for the back half of the season. Which will be the smart thing to do. Now, it's not the smart thing for us fantasy not owners all, of Tom Brady. I mean, we want time to go out there like the second coming of Peyton Manning in Denver, trying to get 50 touchdowns. I got Tom probably having at least two or three, five touchdown games. Okay. okay. You know, so I think they'll. I think the explosion offensively will be there at times, mm-hmm. but then I also see Arians being wise and saying, you know, let me make sure I save some gas. Yeah, the for, for, the, for the playoffs, because you know head coaches don't care about save fantasy some gas football. Gas on a pacer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying, bro. I can see that happening. I can see Tom disappointing a lot of fantasy owners, um, having maybe one or two touchdowns when they're looking for four. If you're looking for four out of time, you drafted the wrong quarterback. Yeah. You got to be looking for consistency where you don't have to like plug and play a quarterback only time you take time odds when he on the bye. You got to draft around time, and hopefully you didn't reach your time so you can, you know, uh, build up your team with, you know, running backs, wide receivers, and have time be that cherry on top. Because he's going to have a four or five touchdown game. You just don't know when it's going to be. Yeah, definitely. We're, we were speaking of uh, sleepers, and we might as well just go team to team. So since we still down there in Florida, you know, talking about Tampa Bay, how about Scotty Scooter Miller, wide receiver for Tampa Bay? 
Um, he might play that Wes Welker, Danny Amendola yep. uh, yep. role for Tom Brady. I mean, everybody's talking about Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin and Gronk and O.J. Howard, and the list goes on. But Tom always find that receiver who really don't have too much praise from the outside world that he fall in love with. Yep, and Scotty Miller. And Scotty Miller is the perfect fit. Speedy ran a, what, a 4-3 in his 40 coming out. So we already know he got the burners. I think early on in the season is going to matter for him. Okay. Because I feel like Tom will go to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he needs to hold on to the ball. If he do that, he'll get Tom trust. Get and it'll be an awesome season for so him. So the first three games, four, I think that's going to bow for, for the long term. It's as really this first game. Rapport. You're right, bro. It's this first game because I look at it like Tom don't want to be embarrassed in front of Drew. So don't be dropping on this big stage, old man versus old man. You bet not drop this pass. So and that's Mike the crazy Evans, thing. That, Mike Evans is 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 looking like he's going to be out now. So that hamstring. So you you're talking about targets got to go somewhere. That's that's ten targets probably right there that got to be spread around. So and Godwin's going to probably get uh, uh, what's my what's my man Lattimore. Yeah, he's probably gonna draw Lattimore. No, no, I, I I did a little research on that, and they already said Lattimore never goes into the slot as far as like just following. I'm the talking line. about Godwin. They got they gonna have Godwin in the slot. Yeah, yeah, they still gonna keep him in the slot. I was reading up on that, and they said that they might have to put Lattimore on Scooter. Okay, and it might sound crazy because you would think that the best quarterback, like back in Dion days and. Uh, Aeneas Williams days, Champ Bailey days, that the best corner is going to be on no. the best wide receiver. No, they, not when it comes to the slot. It's not these days no more. Whereas well, though, even though Lattimore is the best corner, the slot's a different beast. It is a different beast, and that's why Godwin is such a valuable player. I call Chris Godwin, I put the stamp on it, fantasy MVP. You draft Chris Godwin this year, he's going to win you a championship. Put the stamp on it, flexing on him, stamp on so, it. So I, I won't go as far as to say that he. I mean, I won't deny him as an MVP candidate. He definitely could do it, especially if teams are giving the coverage to Evans like we all anticipate. That's why Godwin had such a great year last year, not mm-hmm. taking him, you know, away mm-hmm. anything from him. But I just don't know if a wide receiver that has that many other targets around him to compete with can be your MVP. So. I mean, I think it's going to be the young guy, man. Who? Out there in the desert, man. Kyler? Or? Kyler Murray, man. Okay. That's fair. Kyler Murray. And it's it's crazy because I was down on him last year mm-hmm. just because, you know, rookies, especially at quarterback. It's, right. It's, it's difficult. But you're talking about Kingsbury mm-hmm. as the coach, mm-hmm. you know, knows how to use those mobile quarterbacks, always a mastermind of that run-and-shoot offense from college. So, I mean – Getting DeAndre Hopkins in a trade this offseason. I must say, I'm jealous of your pick just right there. As far as you saying Kyler Murray is for MVP. I threw Godwin out there as far as just that stud wide out that's going to shock the world. And I think he's going to finish as a top five wide out in fantasy. But Kyler Murray for where most people drafted him at. Yeah. Most people drafted Kyler Murray after Patrick Mahomes, after Lamar Jackson, after Deshaun Watson, after Dak, and some people even picked Breeze and Brady, and Brady. in front of Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were able to get Kyler Murray at the value that you should have got him at and plug him in. and He's going to win some championships. He's going to win a lot of people 
some championships. Depending on how your league settings are with, you know, the points, Kyler Murray can be a 40 to 50 bomb week in, week out. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I would agree with that as far as he might be the person that can win championships for people. I know his sophomore starts a real thing. And I also know putting DeAndre Hopkins on the field is going to add some pressure to him because now you have a legit target that you have to get the ball to. So, you know, coverages, rolling, double team, you know, it's going to be an opportunity for him to make some mistakes now, being as though he has to kind of get the ball to hop. Right. So, you know, if he can dip and dodge around the sophomore slump, I, I see. I think sky's the limit for him fantasy-wise. But you, you left me an easy supply box right there because DeAndre Hopkins, I wanted to bring him up. He's in a new place. I mean, he, he tweeted out yesterday that he was grateful after the Texans lost to the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> petty. He, I mean, he <laughs> can't. Hashtag petty. Definitely hashtag petty. He can't act like he's just now getting a quarterback. He can't be like Leonard Fournette saying, oh, I finally got a quarterback because he's leaving a situation with a, a great quarterback right now, a top five quarterback in real life and in fantasy. It was petty towards the organization. But getting back to his production, DeAndre Hopkins, top five fantasy wide receiver over under. Not a chance. Not a chance. Not not at all. Not a chance. So if he's not all right, so let me let me stretch it out. Top ten is DeAndre Hopkins gonna be in the top ten of fantasy wide receiver finishes at the end of the year. I got him somewhere in that nine to fifteen, maybe. Okay. Range. Okay. And cause so, nine or ten is a stretch to me. See, the problem here is, and, and Kyler Murray going to have a problem with what you're saying. In order for Kyler Murray to reach that potential that you think, and as far as to take that next step to be that MVP, to be that most improved fantasy player on, in all angles, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have to have a 1,400-yard season. He's going to have to have eight to nine touchdowns. So this mediocrity that you pushing on me, saying that he's going to be in that seven to nine oh, range. 15 is not mediocrity. It's just not top ten. Well, that's putting them next to Kenny Galladay. That's putting them next to uh, Adam Thielen and a DJ Shark. And I'm Galladay. thinking it's D-Hop. Galladay is actually one of my sleepers <laughs> for the year. Put it out there. I, I think he's, I mean, he's not Megatron, but 6'4", 215. Got a little bit of wheel. You can't teach that. You can't. And, and I think he'll get double-digit touchdowns easily, 12, 13. But back, flexing back, on them stamp, Kenny Galladay. That's one of my sleepers. But but back to Hop, I don't I think his impact on the team is going to be more than probably his actual production. Mm. I think he's he'll still be a thousand yard receiver. I think he'll get close to double digit touchdowns. But for Kyler Murray to be MVP, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't need to be a top five wide receiver because Christian Kirk is a much 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 very capable receiver Larry Fitzgerald is very dependable even in his old age and he has two backs that are dynamite threats in the passing game in Drake and in Chase Evans so and, you, so you, and his rushing ability do you really believe what you're saying that I think they, it's going to be spread around that Kingsbury brought DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for him to be a 900 yard thousand because I mean a thousand yard receiver right now is not value as far as within context. Agreed. Saying Agreed. I'm a thousand yard receiver the way it was 10, 15 years ago in fantasy. So, a thousand yard receiver could be a person that didn't even play I'll, 11, I'll, 12 I'll games. I'll add some perspective to your thousand yard receiver. Okay. 
does DeAndre Hopkins having a thousand or eleven hundred yards? Does that get magnified if Kirk and Fitzgerald also have a thousand yards receiving? Well, if he have if he has a, a Kurt Warner type of season, the way Kurt did when he had. Bolden and Fitzgerald and, and Breston. Steve Breston. Mm-hmm. If he had one of those type of situations, not only is he in question for MVP of fantasy, we're going to be talking about him MVP of the league. Well, see, the difference is we, we're not sure if that's going to equate to wins. Yeah, because you get what I'm saying. You're right. And I mean, in order for him to produce like that, that means that he has to dominate his division where cornerbacks are live. He has to play against the Rams twice a year. He has to play against the 49ers twice a year. And Seattle, they don't have the corners that they used to have, but they always bring the woods. Yeah, exactly. So for him to to be successful and get the numbers that we're expecting, that means that he would dominate his division and he would be MVP all across the board. He He also could be a a trash time king. You're right. You're right. Or one of those Josh Allen type of, you know, quarterbacks that it don't look pretty, but he's producing. But them numbers don't lie. That's what I'm saying. And when you got three receivers like that that can actually do some work, I feel like it's really not going to matter if they're winning or losing. Actually, it might be more beneficial if they're losing. Because then then, then the defense is sitting, you know, dropping. And and he's just going to dink and dunk. And Fitzgerald going to get 10 catches a game. And maybe Kirk breaks up, you know, gets mm-hmm. a big play. I, I, I feel like it's going to be a balanced offense mm-hmm. that's going to be with, you know, led by him being able to move on his own, running the ball, too. You brought up an excellent point, or just not even, it's a point, but it's also an issue that we deal with in fantasy. Fantasy world versus real life. You know, a player that we know is a solid player, offensive player. He might be a threat. He might have potential, you know, young or old, but it doesn't translate into the fantasy world. And when you are, you know, a new owner, and sometimes owners that have been in the game for a while get caught up in this rapture. Whereas a name, and you know he's solid in real life, but his fantasy numbers never translate. Who's that one player who you love in, in real life, but in fantasy he either has hurt you or you stay away from? Mm, that's a good question. I got a bunch of dudes on my list that just, you know, undraftable forever. Right. It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't matter. We've had some fantasy divorces. So it ended ugly. I don't know. I'll go with, what, Devontae Adams is one of those guys for me. Quality wide receiver, top four or five, but you would never draft him. Nope. You I don't trust do him? Can't coach him? Can't coach with him. <laughs> can't win with him. So it. Let me ask you something. Is it I passed on is it his quarterback? It can't be his coach because Mike McCarthy's not there no more. He has a second year coach. So is it his quarterback? Is it him or is it the way that they use him? I think at least when the years that I've had him, Mm -hmm. the way that he's been used, it just never amounts to great fantasy production. He wasn't scoring enough touchdowns, mm-hmm. which, which is big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because even now in the, in the world of PPR, yeah, you know what I mean? He can get those targets. But even now, Aaron Rodgers is not Aaron yeah. Rodgers. It's sad because Devontae Adams is a 1A, 1B, and 1C. Yeah. Like Lazar and uh, MVS, they're really not in Aaron Rodgers' equation. With When he's looking out there, he's looking for Devontae to the sideline, back to Devontae, <laughs> maybe over there to MVS. He not going to catch it. All right, I'm going to go to Lazard real quick. 
And that's another sleeper. Shout out to Adam Lazar. Like Lazar, somebody snatched him from me. Bro, I, was, I was pissed. He's a two that he don't have a name that a sexy name that everybody wanted. You know, jump to, but he another player. You got him in your lineup or need a a wide receiver during a bye week. He could save you easily. I could see him with a touchdown, 60, 70 yards on an average every other week. Yeah, a lot depending on what Aaron Jones does this year. Yeah. It really does. That whole entire offensive style and what Aaron Rodgers ends up having to do. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. And who else? They got a young boy, right? And Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing in camp is that the back that looked the best out of all three. God, I'm a, I'm a, it was Dylan. No. Jamal Williams. Aaron Rodgers even gave the validation and put the stamp on it. Best back. Looked like all he was doing during COVID times was training and when the quarterback says that it's not like the coach won't give you that fluff and give you that you know that bs saying uh you know i like all backs and da da da. it's gonna be a running back by committee if the quarterbacks say i like you and you looking good out there hey aaron jones owners don't sweat but you might want to have a handcuff and green bay only person that's locked in is Devonte adams Aaron Rodgers not even locked in. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan Love. <laughs> man, oh, it's crazy. Man. Minnesota, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, I got another I made rookie. sure to grab him on one of my squads. Mm-hmm. Um, the departure of my guy Diggs, who's in Buffalo now. Mm-hmm. So now you got Speed Demon Jefferson across from Thielen, okay. who's going to get most of the coverage. Um, I like Jefferson to have a, a pretty decent year. What about those backs, Cook and Madison? I'm I mean, heavily we talk about the wideouts, but I'm heavily invested in Cook. I have him in a keeper league. I also drafted him in another one of my leagues mm-hmm. uh, as my top overall pick. I think I picked him over Kamara. I picked him over Michael Thomas, I guess. And that I think I had eight, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't hold out. Which is great for all of us yeah. because that was a question. Yeah. And so, so especially people that drafted Cook high, super high, and left you know people on the board like a Kamar or a Joe Mixon who got they or exactly. got their money or about to get exactly. their money. So I like him to show his ass. Basically, okay. he did, he didn't hold out. He wants to be paid. I mean, he's he's talented. He's one of the top backs. You know, just from a pure talent overall anyway so mm-hmm. i think he'll have a pretty good year i think he'll end up in the top three can you tell me the strategy at least your strategy within drafting dalvin cook no one Alex- alexander madison is out there he's probably top two top three handcuffs in fantasy do you keep do you draft madison knowing that you got that spot on your bench that you got two players on the same team. You really can't do nothing with it. If Dalvin Cook plays 14, 15 games, you can't even cash in your insurance policy. Or do you leave Alexander Madison alone and fill your bench with another player that can be you? I'm going to be honest. I've never been a big believer in the handcuff. I mean, Fair enough. I'm not saying that it's not valid. But honestly, if your top 10 pick, your first round pick, that you drafted goes down. I mean, chances are you 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 you're either done you unless anyway. you're not a trade. Yeah. yeah, you f. So like to to feel like the the backup is going to come in and, and produce just or I'm not going to say just as much, but equivalent or or you know 
sufficient, let's say, but to the point where you can still win games. I mean, that's it's not really a realistic thought. So if I'm in the back half of my draft, rounds 10 through 15, 16, I'm looking for sleepers. I'm looking for the breakout. I'm looking for the Justin Jeffersons of the world right there. That's fair. You know, rather than me taking Madison, that's really just going to hold up a spot on my bench. If knock on wood, you know what I'm saying? As long as Cook is healthy, that's a wasted pick. Where me drafting Jefferson or Judy or, you know, one of these other younger players late, that's a potential trade chip that can strengthen my team later in the year if I need it. You brought up a, a controversial issue within fantasy, just in general, the handcuff. A lot of people, a lot of people feel, have mixed feelings about drafting handcuffs, having a handcuff on your bench, picking up somebody's handcuff and trying to trade them, or just you know avoiding the whole situation altogether with a, a player that has somebody that's right on their back. That's my only belief in the handcuff. Okay. You draft somebody else's handcuff, and then you hold their ass to the wall for it. That's what you do. Oh, yeah. I got a question for you. You a shark. When you go to the store and you buy a brand new TV, right? Mm-hmm. You get to the register. It was two ninety nine. You got this, you know, your three twenty, whatever, with your tax, all that, ready to pay for it. And then the guy at the register asks you, do you want the one two-year warranty? And, oh, how much is it? Oh, that's only an extra $150, you know, mm-hmm. but it'll cover the TV if anything happens. Mm-hmm. Do you buy the warranty? You don't, but uh, you don't. But I like that's the, the handcuff. No, I like the way you put that. That's the handcuff right there. I like the way you put that. For so overly cautious people, people who are sort of expecting the worst. This is right. You shouldn't be thinking that way when you buy, when you buy a brand new TV. You should not be thinking that it's going to break in a, in two years or three years. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. No pun intended. When you have a situation like that. And a person is asking you, do you want to get this one, two-year warranty? And it's not $100. But say they say it's only an additional $4. It's only an additional $5.25. And it's for two years. That's what happens when you get a handcuff in late value. I reach disagree. It, reach it for, reach I it disagree. for a handcuff. No, you know what? Because you're, 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 you're trying to somebody equate, that has you're trying to equate that late injury hit. history. Well, that's different. Is that's different. You gotta throw that in there. That's different though. That's different. Or or if you got if you have somebody that contract issues. I mean people let me tell you let me give you a situation, bro. That's let's be real. Okay. Anybody who drafted Alvin Kamara last year and also drafted Latavius Murray were happy about their decision because whoever else they were gonna draft in that round that they got Latte was not going to bring the same points that he brought into their team. And they wouldn't have had to go out searching for that fit. So there are some handcuffs where I'm like, all right, you know, I can let him sit on the bench at least for maybe four weeks, four or five weeks before I'm saying, get out of here. But I think early on in the season, especially right now, let's put it into present day. In these COVID times where people ain't really get the preseason and get all this type of, you know, camp, Handcuff you know, might have a little bit more value in twenty twenty than yes. it might have had last yes. year. Is that fair? No, that's that's a hundred percent. Okay, that's hundred. I'm thinking in general. I'm thinking in the base general situation. You spending a twelve or it's really like a ten. 
a tenth mm-hmm. round pick mm-hmm. or you're handcuffed, you're 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 expecting the worst. You in, are. in the in the normal situation. And I, I go closer to your side as far as your way of thinking because anybody who went out and drafted a Tony Pollard last year, it didn't pan out the way you may have thought. Exactly. Alexander Madison may have had one and a half games where he produced and if you had him as a flyer it worked out. Latavius Murray, he's an anomaly exception to the rule because of how they run their offense in, in New Orleans. Do we know who Barkley's backup is? No. Exactly. And we, we know who McCaffrey's down, backup down, is. It didn't matter. Exactly. You were looking for just a replacement. Exactly. Yeah. McCaffrey's saying. So, I mean, it's it's not a bad strategy, but I would be more interested in drafting somebody else's handcuff and trying and to work some trades. Yeah, and trying to leverage it rather than me spin a pick that could be possibly a chip that helps push my team over the the hump, you know, in that playoff push or whatever down the stretch. All right, let's go into something that is a part of the most fantasy teams. I mean, I don't know too many fantasy teams that don't have to have this option, but it's something that a lot of people don't value because a lot of people wait until the last round to draft it, and that's the defense. Uh, how do you feel about this year' top five projections and defenses, and what defense are you looking forward to seeing, and what defense you think will take a decline from last year? So depending on your league scoring, that's really going to dictate how you view a defense. For example, in, in our leagues that we normally play in, and our our Yahoo leagues that are you know give you bonus points and and, and reward you basically for making big plays that's the style of our base leagues that we play in you know we we draft defenses in the eighth ninth round Preach um, because a top defense in our league can get you 35 points easily um and that and that really can win you a game yeah that can win you a lot of games actually yeah it could be a championship <laughs> of getting that defense right yeah so um i think new I england took- new england last year if you don't believe us, go check out what New England was doing last year. Even if you're not in a league where the numbers are inflated, a standard league, New England was the defense to own. They weren't letting people score. And guess and what? They chose the they score. score. So, so uh, I think in our in our number one main league this year, I think I started the defense run. I took the first D off the board in the eighth round. I took Buffalo. Okay. So... Um, so you took Buffalo over the Niners, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. So I try not. Your, I, I try not to chase last year's dreams. Okay, okay? That, that's a fair does way. That makes of drafting. sense. It does. I think everybody should absorb that a little into their thinking and into their draft strategy. If you missed the wave, you, you missed, missed the wave. You missed it. So, like example, I, I I was jealous of everybody that had Lamar Jackson last year, and. I, I think I got five teams this year. I had to get him on one of my teams, Just so, I, so I took him. It was a heat check. Exactly. You got to You got to check. Do I expect for him to have the year that he had last? No, no I don't. I actually, I don't. J.K. Dobbins. I, I'm not hating on him, but I think that he won't be able to repeat or reproduce what he did. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So you shouldn't chase last year's ghosts. You you really shouldn't. So my thinking with Buffalo is. One, I love their coach, mm-hmm. McDermott, and 
his defensive mind. He also was the mastermind behind that top D in Carolina mm-hmm. that was so heralded that had uh, what's the quarter name that wound up going to Washington? I forget because he he did see that now. But he's talking about Josh Norman. Norman and, you know, Keekly and, and uh, he yes, turned man. Kirk Coleman into an all-pro safety. He was a special teamer for the Eagles. So McDermott is, is the deal on defense, and he is not disappointed with not only revamping and strengthening that Buffalo defense up there, mm-hmm. but he also has made the Bills a playoff team. Okay. So um, I like what they do on offense as far as like trying to be ball control and not take a lot of risks and Josh Allen dinking and dunking. So I think that bodes well for you. You could have just said Tredavious White and I'd have been well, so... Well, but see, I didn't want to just go off of one guy. And, and you know what? A lot of people still don't know about Tredavious White. Targeted about 28, 30 times. He's actually no the touchdowns. best corner in the league. Gave up no touchdowns. He's actually the best corner in the league. He's better than Norman. He's better than... Uh, Lattimore, he's better than my man in New England that I'm blanking on. Gilmore, right yeah, he actually is the best corner in the league, and they pass rush is legit. They got they got people on all levels. Yeah, so Davis White, man, I'm thinking about them corner. playing against the Jets twice, playing mm-hmm. against Miami twice, and even playing Cam, against New England. Cam, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Cam gets sacked a lot. Look, Cam, it's two faces. Exactly. You got the face of Cam where you just gave him his shout out on. Possibly being that sleeper pick, yes. getting the value of him because of what he might can do with you know Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, but it's also Cam that <sighs> don't have a lot of weapons Man. up there, and he trying to do too he much. Be asked to do a lot and turnover city, and even if it's not turnovers, Cam gets sacked a lot and turnover city. He gets sacked. Yes, that so, frustration to come. Buffalo, I'm I'm looking at them in our league. To get me 30 a lot. Okay. You know. My defense, I think that going away from, you know, the the top fives and going away from the producers from last year and bringing a, a new kid on the block, I'm thinking Indianapolis Colts. Oh, okay. I, I like them. They went out and got the DeForest Buckner from the 49ers, gave him a big deal. Um, I like the fact that they get to play Jacksonville twice a year. I mean, granted, the Texans got Deshaun Watson, but we saw, you know, exactly. We saw yesterday Deshaun Watson is going to get sacked. And with Ryan Tannehill, he's no Brett Favre. We don't know. So it's still a question mark. And with Derrick Henry, do it again. So that's how I look at the the Colts defense that I don't see nobody in their division putting up a whole lot of points on them. They got two nice running backs that can control the game, time management, the way you was mentioning with you know with your defense. And I just like the, you know the players that they got. Xavier Rhodes is there now. This is first year, yeah. and I know he lost a lot of steam, but he got a lot to prove. And anybody remember when he was at his peak, he was a top three D back. So I like that, and like I said, they line right now is going to be solid. They got and they got Leonard back there. I mean, the Colts is going to be solid. They got Jacksonville Week One, so show and tell. If you can't do nothing against Minshew right there and DJ DJ Sharp and backup running backs, then what I just said is a burnout. It don't even matter. So we're not going to mention kickers. We're not going to do that. That don't even matter. And then this this not gonna be a podcast where we not we not doing kicker rankings we not doing nothing. Get a kicker 
from the best offense yes. out there. You know, just look at an offense out there, and if they got, you know, whatever kicker they have, grab them. I like Ho from Atlanta. Young Ho. Young Ho. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's flexing on them. That's our, that's our first episode. We... Most likely, our next episode, we'll have either a guest or have somebody that's going to be filling in the third microphone spot. Fantasy football, man. Football season is here. Whether you're standing for the anthem or not, <laughs> football back. is back. It's 2020. And um, hopefully, y'all drafted smart. Whether it was in the standard leagues, PPR, half PPR, best ball, super flex, uh... Guillotine League, whatever team you got, good luck to you. Hopefully, you made the smart picks and you didn't just draft based off of you know looking at the the magazines that's in Rite Aid. <laughs> hey man, make this your year. The past is the past. Bad trades, dropping people too early, wasting your waiver claim. It's all in the past. This year could be your year. So focus, lock in. Target some nice people that maybe you could trade for to improve your team after the draft. Like, look, my last two sleepers I do want to mention really quick. Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. playing opposite of Michael Thomas. I like these. that. I like okay. that a lot. Big potential. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't guarantee nothing, but it, but it looks good. It looks mm-hmm. good. If he can stay healthy, I like him for a thousand-yard season for sure. And then a running back, Melvin Gordon. Okay. I mean, he's always he been got a to share the backfield with Philip Lindsay, but so I like that. Here's my five-second perspective on this. He's always been a personal favorite of mine, so I'm a little biased, but he's super talented all around, passing and running the ball. Feels like he got snubbed to San Diego, didn't get the contract. Don't forget about the holdout at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. When somebody chooses in free agency to go to a rival within the division oh, you with other backs... With a crowded backfield, that's somebody you better look out for because they're going to come out playing with their hair on fire. You got something to prove. Yeah, so, I, I like that. I'm going to leave with too. that. I'm going to leave with that. Go win your chip. This is the year. So you gave me Melvin Gordon and you gave me Emmanuel Sanders. I see that. And I'm going to throw you Philip Lindsay. Even though Gordon is there, don't forget about Philip Lindsay. They're going. Both backs are going to get volume. Yeah, they they, they're going to go with the high hand. So if you're doing a late draft or you're doing, you know, uh, a redraft, don't forget about Philip Lindsay. He's still there. And my wide receiver, it'll be Calvin Ridley this year of the Falcons. Uh, Ridley, I think he's going to have no team this year. I'm so disappointed. I can't even call it a breakout (laughs) season because everybody already know what Ridley is. But watch what he's going to do in Atlanta. They got, I think Gurley's going to open up some things for them boys. And I think Ridley and Julio are going to have over a thousand yards. So. Those are our projections. Those, you know, a few sleepers. Like Scotty said, be smart. Win your league, and we not playing for funsies. We playing to win. It's not for funsies. Not for funsies, Hashtag man. Hashtag not for funsies. <laughs> it's flexing on them. We out of here, man. Until next week. Peace.